Okay, good evening, everyone. We're here for another edition of the MPL Queensland Sunday Show. It's Scott and Adam on hand with you as we recap another weekend of the MPL, MPLW and FQPL. Adam, how are you? I'm good, Scott. How are you? I'm good. It was another interesting weekend, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. interesting. I think that's uh, putting it mildly. Um, it was uh, certainly a weekend where there's some shock results and some other results we just did not see coming. Absolutely. We'll talk about all those over the next half hour or so. We'll start, Adam, with the game that we were both at on Saturday evening at Heath Park in the MPL Queensland. Eastern Suburbs 10, Kapalabar 2. Now, when you suggested we went to this game, Adam, you said it would be a goal fest. I didn't quite think it would be 12 goals, though. No, no, no. I, I, had, I had six goals at least. But um, I, I used the words, never saw this coming. Um, East putting on 10 goals on Kapalabar. Wow, that, that, was, um, that was an effort. And look, to, to, be, to be fair... Um, and, I, and I actually went back and sort of watched uh, a lot of the game again because uh, obviously we're live and watching on the stream. Is that look, Capella weren't that bad. Like it's it's a case of just everything fell fell you know for for each last night. And it's just one of those games where you can say that you know when you're lucky and you're lucky in. And it was just yeah, um, it was astonishing to see it live, and it was even more astonishing you know reviewing it again on the um. On the live, on the uh, recording, you know, today. Yeah, I'm, I most certainly had the similar thoughts about it because I do think Kapalabar came to play. They weren't a side who just turned up and rolled over. They were competitive in the game. They had their moments in the game. They got two goals through Stuart Edgar, one which was well taken, the other was a penalty. But for East, we'll go through the goal scores now. There were five goals for James Meyer. I'm not reading out the times for all these. We'll be here all <laughs> night. But five for James Meyer. Abraham Yango got two. Lawrence Kent got on the score sheet, and Anthony Poliak with a, a brace as well. So we'll start at the top of that list, James. I mean, sorry, Adam, we're used to talking to James on our regular show, but James Meyer, five goals. He was absolutely outstanding last night, wasn't he? He was, and it, was, it wasn't a case of uh, five tap-ins or, you know, five crackers. He like, did both. Um, and and like, he was there, you know, on the spot, and just, just his experience. So obviously, you know, a championship player in the A-League for Brisbane Raw, which seems like, you know, many, many moons ago. But he's still he's still um, an existential threat for uh, East as far as you know scoring goals, and he was he was there for everything. And those five goals were inside 55 minutes, and um, the hat trick was inside 25 minutes. So, so yeah, look, he is still uh, a, a threat, even you know many years after his sort of his professional career came to an end. Yes, his hat trick came in 15 minutes all up. But you just mentioned James Meyer playing in Grand Finals for Brisbane Roy. That was in university when I was there. That was an absolute lifetime ago. But there is a lot of experience in this Eastern Suburbs side. Isn't he? You mentioned James Meyer. We'll talk about another attacking player in a minute, but Jade North is there as well. Abraham Yango. There's some real experience in that side, isn't there? There is. Um, Jade North, actually, he was the one that is a long, long ball um, from the back that found James Meyer to open up you know, his his tally to make it 2-0 after uh, 10 minutes. Uh, and that, that's just, again, that's experience um, that sort of just caught out the uh, Kapalabar back line and Michael Weir in goal for uh, Kapalabar. But Abraham Yango as well, like all the plaudits go to James Meyer, who you know got the game ball five goals. But uh, Abraham Yango scored two goals plus four assists, so that he had a stellar night. And look, he he uh, again another one that's had experience, you know, at least within the raw system. And look, he was at his you know, outstanding best last night. He absolutely was his outstanding best. And look, I mean, we mentioned two goals and four assists. We we're actually going to do this at the end, so we'll do it now. We on our end of season Brisbane Raw A League season recap show, we did a. A, list, a bit of a game between the three of us about listing off players from the MPL who could be good enough to step up 
into the A-League. And one glaring omission, which you mentioned last night when we were watching the game, was Abraham Yango. So we apologise to him for not including him in that list. He most certainly mm. is a player who could step up once again, isn't he, Adam? He is. And it's not like this was just one week uh, that it just all worked. I say even on the first night back after the lockdown, the goal he scored against Peninsula Power. Yeah, this he, he is a special player, and yeah, he went off. He went off to um, to France, I do believe. Played some, played it in the third, I think third or fourth division, lower divisions there. And obviously, whatever experience he got over there, he brought it back because he has been in sensational form. He may not be scoring goals every week, and East may not be winning every week. But last night, he just showed you know what a well what talented striker he is. Absolutely, and we'll hear from the East coach in a moment, Danny Wright, in just a second. But first. I mean, Adam, do you, do you think this could be the result which kind of like leapfrogs East back into a bit of former momentum and pushes them into that mid-table mix where we all kind of thought they would be at the start of the season? Oh, I think sure. it absolutely is. Surely it has to. Um, you don't go and score 10 goals and then, you know, next week get beat, which, you know, look, given the topsy-turvy, they do face Olympic next week, but look, even if they do um, go down to Olympic, you you expect them to put up a fight. So I think the, the tails will be up, they'll be confident. And um, yeah, look, you just, don't, you just don't go back to your old ways after getting that. Like, you can just tell um, after the game, you know, they're, they're all happy, they're all joking. I know East especially, you know, they've had some really poor results. So, you know, it's since the lockdown as well. And, you know, this was, this was sort of a, a relieving effort. And I think more than anything, the goal difference in a very, very tight race, I think that that's going to be crucial. So even if, you know, they're, they're winning as many games, they're losing as far in the run home. I think the um, the goal difference tonight from last night, I think it's really going to help them as far as their survival, even, you know, push up into mid-table. Well, it's pushing Capalaba right down the table. We'll talk about that in a moment. First, we're going to hear from Danny Wright after last night. Danny, you must be absolutely delighted with that win 10-2 over Capalaba. Very good performance. Uh, we knew Kapalabar would be um, up for a physical contest um, and the way we could potentially beat them was by playing football and I thought we did that really well tonight. Did you sense that kind of result coming during the week? Uh, I think we've been playing quite well the last three weeks. We've been ahead against some good teams and drew games one all. Um, but we've been goal up, so I think it's been coming for a while now. Um, I think our position on the table doesn't really reflect the quality of the team, so we just need to string two or three good results together and we're pushing up the top half of the table where this team belongs, I think. You mentioned the quality and the experience. They were really at the forte, guys like James Meyer, Abraham Yango as well. Yeah, and... and um, Jay North and uh, David Salini's great influence on, on our play. Um, they help control the tempo of the game uh, with our Korean player Son as well. You know, there's a good balance in the team and it's really the final third where we've struggled this year and finishing and today, uh, you know, AB, AB Yango was a masterclass really. It was, it was great stuff and, um, you know, he, 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 he scored a couple and I think he assisted another seven so it was an incredible effort from him. You mentioned um, Jay North and David Flynn. They were two of the four players you brought in throughout lockdown. Are those guys starting to fit in nicely now? Yeah, and look, um, that, they, they, they fit in well to the group because they're great characters of the game, you know, and um, it's just a delight to coach players like that. You know, it's, it's, it's never never a problem. Not, not just are they class acts, but they, uh, they fit so well into the group, you know, so it's um, 
for, for me, it's, it's been uh, a, a real bonus for us to strengthen that area of the park for us. You mentioned the table is deceptive in terms of your side's current position. Mm. Is that the aim for the rest of you then to get back into that mid-table mix? Yeah, absolutely. We like to be in the, in the top half of the table because um, I think, I think we, um, we're a team that's very difficult to beat. Um, and uh, I think all the top sides, top four sides, um, uh, they show us a lot of respect. We... we um, we, when we play with a bit of confidence now, we've got um, uh, a, a little bit more depth than we always had. We always had a decent 11 players, but we didn't have 12, 13, 14. So it's um, it's definitely Im- improved our, our, our stakes. And um, we've got UL Scholl coming back as well, who's a very dangerous striker. Plenty of speed and um, and he has such a presence up top as well. So we're looking forward to him coming back in the next couple of weeks as well. And you mentioned the top four. You got good results here against Peninsula Power and Lions. Mm. You got Olympic here next week. Don't know what you're looking forward. Yeah, to they're playing. I think the they're side. definitely a, well, they're a form team at the moment. And um, I really like to test our team against a, a really good side. So Olympic will be a great game next weekend. I hope we get a decent crowd here to come watch. If you play this one, I'm very happy. Thank you. Park. Adam, we'll move on now to talking about a game which. Colleague James was calling for football Queensland down at the Croatian Sports Centre. Gold Coast Knights won, Brisbane Strikers won, and this was a game where it was about five minutes of madness, wasn't it? It was. Uh, yeah, the first half sort of finished with a bang with um, with uh, Fraser Hills uh, scoring from the penalty spot, and then uh, Max Brown uh, equalising in uh, first first half stoppage time. That and that was all that separated them. So uh, look, it's. Uh, I think from it's a valuable point for strikers given the situation uh, as far as the table goes, but also as well, I think more worryingly, uh, Gold Coast Knights, you know, I think it's two points dropped for them. It was, but we should also point out they were down to 10 men just before those two mm. goals were scored. I believe Emlyn Wellsmore was shown a red card. So do, yep. you think, do you think in hindsight then that means that it is a good result for the Knights to get a point at home? Or do you think for the strikers they maybe could have pushed harder to get the result? Or is it just a fair result? Because I look at it and think, if you're the strikers in the position they're in, to go down to the defending champions and a really strong side to get a point, I still think it's a great result. Yeah, yeah. Look, I I think it's one of those cases where I think yeah, you'd be satisfied in isolation as far as if you're looking at nothing else but performance. Um, you'd be you'd be happy with that. But the the macro situation as far as the table, yeah, it's sort of I think strikers probably need the points more than knights. Um, and, and you know, with ten men, they probably should have taken their opportunities, but Look, I don't think it's, again, strikers. Um, I think they've got enough you know, talent there to sort of go, you know, they may be sort of in trouble as far as, you know, mathematically, but I still think that they'll be okay as far as come relegation, you know, battle time. I think they can win, I can. I think they can win games, you know, they're, they're expected to win. I think they can do just enough. But uh, yeah, Knights got a big week leading into the derby next week. And um, yeah, like I said, they, they need, um, yeah, they need to find a way to, to just keep winning because um, those drop points, you know, in that top four uh, could spell spell doom for their um, premiership aspirations. Absolutely. It's a big week coming up with the Gold Coast. We'll talk about that in a moment. But first, we'll hear from, or well, James caught up with both Adam Porridge of Gold Coast Knights and Owen Baker last night. So let's hear what the two coaches had to say. All right. Uh, joined now by Adam Porridge from Gold Coast Knights. Adam, 1-1 draw. What were your thoughts? Uh, anyone would have thought that... that um... We had the 11 and they had the 10. We had plenty of pressure in there, that's for sure. Yeah, you opted to keep attacking after the red card for Emlyn. Uh, what went into that thought process? Look, we're, we're trying to win a league. We're not trying to compete. We're obviously trying to win it. So 
you know, one point or three points, it's, it's a risk over reward. And we went for the we went for the reward, and I'm lucky we didn't get it. And um, well, thought your two fullbacks tonight, Schmidt and Walker, they were fantastic, especially bombing forward. Schmidt had the assist, and Walker had a number of key contributions. How do you feel they went tonight? Oh, look, they're getting stronger each time. You know, each game that they go out, they're getting better and better. They're starting to understand, you know, what we want in that in terms of going forward. So they'll they'll be a handful, and as they get fitter and fitter, it'll be very hard to contain them. And you had Josh Langdon back tonight as well. He yeah. had a couple of really key saves. Yeah, he did. Yeah, look, he was fantastic, Josh. You know, I thought he, was, I thought he was hard done by getting sent off. You know, like, so it was one of those ones. Today he was, he was great. He didn't put a foot wrong, so we're happy with that. And the injury to Ross as well forced another reshuffle as well. Yeah, look, we've, we've, um, we've got a bit unlucky there. I thought the sending off again is harsh. You know, double jeopardy. You know, you get sent off, you get a penalty. So you get, my understanding is if it's a penalty, then it's not a sending off. So, you know, and this is the second time that we've had that. So, I don't know, maybe my knowledge of the rules aren't good enough anymore. But, you know, we, we two defenders down and, and we had players that could cover it, so it was all right. Well, it was a resuming win. Uh, congratulations on a hard-earned point and best of luck next right, week. Now joined the by the coach oh, of Brisbane Strikers, Owen Baker. Well, it was an entertaining match from my perspective up there in the towel. What were yours? Yeah, no, it was a good game of football for a draw. I think both teams gave it everything um, and really went for the win. So, even at the end there, both teams could have won it. And uh, your thoughts on the penalty and red card just before half-time? Oh, tough on where I was. The, he played a forward ball. He was the last man. It was a goal-scoring chance. So um, the refs give it. You've seen I'm not giving, but I can, I can see why he's giving it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you guys continue to press for to no avail in the second half as well. Uh, a bit frustrating not able to break through there? Yeah, we're disappointed. I think we just needed to show probably a little bit more composure in the second half and make use of the extra man. Credit to Knights, they came out and tried to go for the game and, and, and press us as well. Um, and we probably just Wednesday night caught up with us a little bit. And uh, yeah, but boys are disappointed. It feels like a loss, which is a, is a good thing in terms of our mindset for the, for the next few weeks. So what are you saying to the side now? It's seven games without a win. If my maths is correct, I'm just double-checking that. Uh, seven or six, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it feels, that region, feel, feels, yeah. Like, feels like a lot, yeah. But um, yeah, so anything you're saying to the side at the moment, just trying to keep the morale up? Yeah, no, listen, the, the morale was good tonight. We had a good mindset. We had a good belief. Uh, we played some good stuff. You know, coming tonight, not many teams will come down the nights and take a point. So we take the positives from tonight. We've played seven games in 21 days and got a lot of sore minds and bodies. So we just need to, we've now got an opportunity with the bye next week to, to rest and recover and uh, make sure that our the home straight is, is a good one. Exactly, and we've seen you guys go on runs before. You're still feeling confident in your chances with another 13 or so games left this season? Yeah, we have to be. Yeah, we've got some good players, uh, good change of room. Um, we just need to uh, get that first one, and then hopefully we can build some momentum. All right, well, thanks for an entertaining game tonight. It was a pleasure to watch, and uh, good luck for the rest of the season. Thank you, appreciate it. So that's what both coaches had to say last night down at the Croatian Sports Centre. We thank both of them for joining us, along with Danny Wright and James for catching up with those two coaches on our behalf down there after the game last night. Adam, we'll talk about the other results in MPL. Round 14 over the weekend. On Saturday, Olympic 1, Gold Coast United nil down on the Gold Coast. The other game on Saturday, Redlands United 3, Brisbane City 2. But we'll talk more about the two games that we were both watching this afternoon on the live stream on Sunday. The first of which was a 2-1 win for Moreton Bay over Lions. And this was a massive second-half comeback from Moreton Bay, wasn't it? It's a win for the ages for uh, Moreton Bay. It's the first time they've ever beaten Lions uh, in, in the MPL. And look, they they, um, they really earned this. Uh uh, like I said, the goal, the goal that um, Henry Hall scored you know, in the first half, it, it, looked, it was a good goal. A bit defense is a bit lax, but you know, look, he, he's a special player, Henry Hall, and you know, he, he finds a way to score. And you know, 
you know, just squeeze it past Denver Crickmore and Morton Bay's goal. But the second half, the game changed around about the 55th minute when um, when Royce Brownlee brought on um, Chomo Rop. And like I said, we, we cannot, I cannot see, see enough praises of how much of a game changer he is. And um, boy, did he change. And, and Jackson Courtney Perkins, he is absolutely flying at the moment. And both goals, well-taken goals, um, especially the second one. The first one was a bit, you know, Fortunate, but then, but again, good players are there on the spot to uh, to take their opportunities, and he did just that. Absolutely, the older brother of Raw defender Jordan Courtney Perkins. So he's going, mm. uh, he's in great form, isn't he? So look, that they actually as a team they're in good form. Well, we saw them play last Sunday away to the Brisbane Raw, where they picked up a great result down there at Logan, and this was another good result for them. I know they had a difficult loss last minute away to Peninsula Power during the week, but I'm going to ask you this question, knowing what you're going to say, but. This is why they frustrate me so much, more because they've got such a good side. They've they such good players on paper. They just don't put it together often enough to make a change to the top four. So I'll ask you, do you think this last week gives them a hope that they can, if not push for that top four, but push to be best of the rest this year? Look, I think, um, I, I definitely think they are a chance. I think they have turned a corner. Um, look, that, that loss on Wednesday night to Peninsula Power, that took the 90th minute penalty to beat them. So they probably, probably, they probably deserve deserve the point out of that, not take anything away from potential power. They're always tough to beat AJ Kelly. Uh, and they took him to the limit. And especially a turnaround from when those two teams met a few weeks ago. Um, yeah, it's night and day. And I think Royce Brownlee has got this side absolutely flying at the moment. Ja, Jackson Courtney Perkins, you know, like I said, he's in, he's in great form. Lyndon Farr as well. Um, Declan Smith even, you know, playing as a makeshift centre back at the moment. He, he he's he's found he's found you know great form. So but I think you're right. As a whole team as a unit, they are functioning at the moment. They're functioning well for Royce Brownlee. And I think um the line in the sand, if anywhere, I think may have been you know they they're doing it for uh Stephen Green at the moment. I know he was I know he was there at um at Walter Park this afternoon and it's almost like that that horrible incident has galvanized the side. And I, and I think they they're going well and look and if you, they they took six out of nine points against two sides that well well above them, I think they'd be ecstatic at the moment. I think they can go on with it. Absolutely, it's a great week for them. And you're right, they are it's great to see Stephen Green at Walter Park today. And they not only is he obviously at unfortunately with his injury that he suffered, they've got a lot of injuries out. They've probably got more mm. than just about anybody else in the competition. So they're doing it with a threadbare squad, and hopefully they can continue on because to see Morton Bay back at the top is really good in my view. Now we'll talk about Lions. They won't. They weren't at their absolute best, though, but they weren't awful either, were they? No, no, no. Look, um, besides the result, I don't think it's time to panic yet. At uh, four lines, you know, like I said, they it was just uh, unfortunate circumstances. Uh, the game, the game changed on um, on sort of you know a very, very well timed goal, and they probably they probably feel they probably deserved at least a point. Um, I don't think they played well enough to say, oh, you know, that they that they didn't deserve the win. They had their opportunities, they couldn't take it. So, um, look, I don't think it's but, panic stations for them yet but um but yeah no i think it's all all credit goes to morton bay the way they sort of came from behind they dug in and they just there yeah, they um they were too good on this day absolutely it might be a bit of a trap game for lions given they had a big game last week a big game midweek and mm. it also might be a trap game in the other game which we'll talk about now for the brisbane Raw academy who went down by three goals to one to the sunshine coast wanderers look the wanderers were the raw started off well didn't they, they scored the first goal through kite powder but after that the wanderers they stamped their mark on this game, didn't they? They just—they only looked like there was going to be one winner when they got this, when they got their three goals after through Show Koto, Taylor Walkinshaw, and Jeremy Stewart. They looked like they were going to run away with it, and they did. 
Well, it's almost like uh, they, they, the Royal were going all right for the first eight minutes. The Paldos scored, and then, and all of a sudden, a minute later, uh, Shokoto decides that he was going to um, he was going to chip Nathan Foster from 40, 40 yards out, and the game seemed to turn on that because then uh, you'll see Taylor, that on goals of the week, no doubt. Oh, you'd hope so. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, uh, mind you, the um, I think the the actual the 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 passage actually I think got the cameraman um, caught him by surprise. So. So yeah, look. Um, but after that, look, uh, Wanderers—they uh, they played very well, and you know they they put they put the game to bed pretty early. And they, they were in control. They didn't. It was almost like Raw was sort of you know three games in a week. I think they were almost at the end of their tether, and I think come the second half they were fairly flat. They didn't have many uh, opportunities or you know spark you know of creativity. I think uh, I think after the you know the yeah, you know, the big win on Wednesday night. Um, it was almost like, oh, well, you know, this is three-point sacrifice because uh, they just didn't – they weren't at the races today, unfortunately. No, they weren't. They had um, their captain, Harry Talbot. He was suspended. They had Ramadak Bari back in. But mm-hmm. you're right, they did seem a little bit flat once again, which was an unfortunate thing for the Brisbane Raw. But this is, this is a real turning point now for Sunshine Coast. They're now three games unbeaten, if, I'm, if my memory serves me correctly. And they're moving up the table – not moving up the table, but they're narrowing that gap at the bottom of the table. And – they look like they're going to make a bit of a run in the second half of the season, don't they? Look, um, yeah, on form at the moment, you'd say that they're one of the better teams at the moment. And, uh, yeah, they've got ga- they've got games in hand on um, the teams they're chasing to get out of their bottom place. So, look, I think they'll be very, very confident, especially, you know, you know th- it's this win on the road. I think they'll be very confident that against most teams, especially the teams around them, they can they can do it they can do it at home, especially with the confidence, you know, you know beating, you know, Gold Coast Knights a few weeks ago. So... Look, I think uh, they, I think they back themselves, you know, to really sort of you know push ahead and sort of get out of that bottom place, which I think at the moment be the primary objective. Absolutely, that mid that mid season recruitment, if I could certainly help them. We'll go through a table now. We'll run through the mm. table, and then we'll talk about the interesting touch points through it in a minute. But Olympic, they are top of the table for the first time this season on thirty points from fifteen games. Lions drop down to second. It's a good week for Peninsula Power. They st- they remain third, just three points behind now with three games in hand. So they're third. Gold Coast Knights at fourth on 26 points. And you've got the Raw Academy on 23. Morton Bay with their win, they're up to sixth on, on 19 points. And you've got Gold Coast United on 16. Brisbane Strikers, 15. East, 14. Brisbane City, 14. Capalabar, 14. Redlands, 13. And Sunshine Coast Wanderers, 12. Now, we'll talk about that relegation battle in a minute because that's really heating up. But at the top four, Adam, there's a bit of a gap there now once again, isn't there? Yeah, I think uh, I think Olympic probably can't, can't believe their luck at the moment. They're they're flying under the radar, and all of a sudden they're sitting on top of the ladder. I think Yomna's presence is that. You know, I think the one benefactor of all these results this weekend is probably Peninsula Power, who have got three games in hand, um, two games at least as far as known opponents, and the third game is because of the way where the buyers fit. Uh, and you know, they're supposed obviously supposed to play Magpies Crusaders this weekend, who have withdrawn up. You know. Yeah, just for the uh, because of the the stoppage. Good luck to Mackay up there in the Mackay Premier League this year. Uh, I don't know how they're going, but <laughs> I'd but, hope uh, they're winning. Yeah, because I tell you what, uh, based on what we're seeing, um, if they did stay stick around, they may be in real trouble. Because yeah, um, but to say, to, focusing back on the top for a second, yeah, look, Gold Coast uh, Knights—they've they've got some important weeks ahead, and look, Brisbane Raw. 
they they could have a win today if if the form line held up and they could have been right in the hunt. So I think for them it was opportunity missed. But again, I think um, three games a week for the, for those young guys, I think it may be a bit too much at this stage. I think you know very talented squad, but I think you know toughness and fatigue and all that, and not a very very big squad to rotate. I just think yeah, maybe they'll they'll flat today. I think yeah. I do think, well, with the potential power, they do have three games. And Gold Coast Knights have got two in them, one of which is the reverse leg of the Gold Coast derby down at Complex to be held later in the season. So both those two sides, Peninsula and Gold Coast, look like they're going to be able to move up the table and maybe Olympic and Lions may may need to get some results against the top four later in the season to try and stay in the top two. But we'll move now down to the bottom half of the table. And you look, down, look Adam, sorry, from 7th to 13th, there's, what, four points there between Gold Coast United 7th down to Sunshine Coast in 12. So it's really tightening up down there, isn't it? Yeah. And look, uh, when you're still about four points covering, you know, the base of the bottom half, uh, that means that any of those, any of those, um, those uh, six teams are in danger. If they have a bad run or the, the draw, for example, and it might be worth even looking at the draw saying, you know, which of these sides have the big four that they're, they're not expected to pick up points against? Cause that could be real strife. Um, but it is going to be, int- I think that battle for relegation and all that, I think that's going to be so intriguing. And I think some teams are going to have to really step up, you know, and start playing to their potential. You know, others may need to sort of, you know, play above themselves to try and survive. So I think the, the race to the bottom, um, well, the race to the bottom, I guess, uh, it, it's, it's going to be a fascinating, you know, you know, run, run sort of home. It will. And you look at Sunset Coast Wonders, they do hold that bottom spot currently, but they've got two games in hand on both Capalaba and Redlands and one game in hand on East and Brisbane City ahead of them. So, look, it's there's all to play for in the bottom third there, isn't it? Because, look, again, all these teams since lockdown have had moments and they've had moments that have been good and then not so good. So, again, I think you're right. It will genuinely come down to matchups. Without sort of looking sort of too far ahead and sort of knowing having in front of me, I do know Sunshine Coast Wanderers do play East in the, in one of those um, those catch up games. So, and and Sunshine Coast did knock over East in in uh, down at uh, Upper Ballinger, I think it was Upper Ballinger or no no sorry it was at um, Heath Park that Sunshine Coast won. So so yeah to go Ballinger Park you know at home. Uh, in midweek, that look that that could be enough to save them almost. That's not without taking account that I'm sure they would have a lot of their other um, opponents, you know, in in that in, in around that zone um, to to play in the run home. So that's going to be fascinating. That's gonna go, that will go down to the last round. I can almost guarantee, it, unless someone really really drops the ball badly, and I worry for a side like Brisbane City at the moment. Uh, like I so said, they've had some really shocking results. Um, I, at least uh, Matt Smith doesn't seem to be panicking too much based on the video interview message he gave last night on on the Brisbane City Facebook page. But um, look, I don't think it can t- sustain too many losses, like 7-1 to Brisbane Raw, then you know, 3-2 to Redlands, uh, before it may get panic stations. Because for Brisbane City to get relegated, and I'm not say, saying that they're that it is, it is a very live possibility, that would be almost you know tragic. It'd be disappointing, wouldn't it? Now, we'll, we'll look ahead to the next weekend in the NPL. We'll get to the other two leagues in a moment. But the big standout game in the NPL next weekend is the Gold Coast Derby. Isn't it? We saw we were there 12 months ago when those two sides did meet at the Croatian Sports Centre. Two draws in the matches last year. This is going to be another really tight contest, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I think, it's, I think yeah, this is even higher stakes than what it was uh, 12 months ago. Like, Gold Coast Knights, for all that was going going on sort of, you know, 12 months ago, they were flying. They, they were well and truly in the um, 
in the race as far as they were comfortable, you know, near the top. Um, I lost the Gold Coast United, and all of a sudden, uh, they, 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 their top four hopes might be in, in danger, especially if, if Raw sort of pick up itself. Risen Raw play Capalabar next week, so so hopefully the, for their sake, both teams are going to be looking to bounce back. So that could be a very intriguing tie next Sunday as well. So, so yeah, there's a lot to play for. And I think Gold Coast Knights, like we know that Gold Coast United lift um, in, in the derby. And if they were to somehow eke out three points at, at Croatia Sports Day next Saturday night, I think that's going to be a real shell shock for Gold Coast Knights. So this is a, this is a huge game. I mean, this is the biggest derby in um, in this, in the short sort of history of this, so I've got no doubt in my mind about that. Absolutely, I'm very much looking forward to being down there for that. Mm. We'll move on now to the MPLW for the weekend. Going through results: Gap four, Southwest Quinton Thunder nil, Logan nine, Morton Bay nil, Lions four, South United nil. And today in the two games, Capalabar three, FQQAS nil. And in the game, we'll probably focus on first up, Adam. The game that was a live stream game, Eastern Suburbs 3, Gold Coast United 2, down there at Coplick Family Sports Park. This was, again, it's, we talk about results that didn't, people didn't see coming. This would be right at the top of the list. Absolutely. Um, the MPLW, uh, it is a tipless nightmare. And almost a gamble's nightmare because, um, look, if you had said to me, oh, the East, East win against Gold Coast, I would said you're kidding yourself. Um, based on the performances of relatively both sides, but um, East somehow put together, um, they take three points. Uh, then they, they all of a sudden, they're, they're a bit behind when we look at the table shortly. There's got a bit of catching up to do, but I think more so, I think this loss, re- I think the happiest recipients of this result may actually be the other defending champions, Lions. They will. Any other results that stand out? Chelsea Lions had a good win at home, and Logan had a big win at home. Gap had a big win at home. It was a, apart from that last game, it was a weekend for the home sides, wasn't it? Yeah, I think I think when we, we looked at the draw, I think we expect we, we expected pretty much the five home teams to win. So they've um so Gold Coast United sort of let down the um let down the home sides this week. But um look uh, credit to East East as well that you know obviously they they believe they believe in themselves that you know that they could they could have gone down to uh to Coplex and get three points and congratulations to them. Um but look I think I think for Gold Coast United as well, I think the margin and bearer now uh, it comes down to one game, and that meeting at Lions uh, in a few weeks' time, I, I do believe. I think it's in it's in October uh, against against Gokers. I think the title hinges, well, the premiership basically hinges on that game because I think if uh, Gold Coast can win, I think that they'll be enough to to sort of you know provide there's not many more shock results like like this. Uh, you expect them to sort of go on with it if Lions. If Lions win that game, I expect Lions to go on with it. So I think yeah, the the whole the premiership comes down to that one game, I do believe. Well, to the recycler phrase that we used a bit last week, the demise of Lions has been greatly exaggerated in the MPLW because they now, we look as we turn to the table, they are at the top of the table on 28 points from 12 games. Gold Coast United have a game in hand with 28 points as well. Logan are in third on 27. Capalabar are fourth in 27 So points. So the top four are separated by just... The one point. Then you go down to the gap in fifth on 22 points. Easts in sixth on 19 points. Souths 14 points in seventh. The QAS are eight points from 12 games. Mitchelton seven points from 10 games. And then the bottom two, you've got Thunder with five points from 11 games. And Morton Bay, who are on no points from 12 games play. But at the top of the table, Adam, there's now, again, there's four, four, two points between those top four sides. So you mentioned that it could go down to Lions and Gold Coast. I wouldn't be ruling out Logan or Capalaba by any stretch of the imagination at this point. And also, I wouldn't rule the gap out from challenging for a spot in that top four either. 
Yeah, no, look, I just look at the ladder again, and yeah, look, maybe um, it's premature to say that uh, Lions versus uh, Gold Coast United is the is the, is the uh, title decider, the premiership decider, because look, Logan and Capalabar, they are they are right on the the heels of those two. So look, this premiership race um, is still I still do I still will back out and say that you know eventually when it all works out, that I do think that Lions and Gold Coast are capable of you know beating. Logan and Capalabar, but look, if results go a bit astray, as we're starting to see, I would not be shocked, because I know Capalabar will most likely go top um, on on Tuesday night, when they after they play Morton Bay, but yeah, look, beyond that, um, yeah, if it's it's going to, like I said, it's a fascinating top four, and you're right, the gap, and even East, east I think, down in the sixth spot, as far as the top four goes, um, I think that's also as welcoming. So I don't think I think not only should Logan and Palbar be looking up, but they also should be looking behind them as well because I think those two sides are certainly capable of you now of getting results, especially head to head. Absolutely, you mentioned there is a full round of MPLW during the almost a full round Logan v um, the Gap. I believe it is that it will be played in October midweek. But there's four games of the round this week: South and East and Morton Bank Palbar on Tuesday. So Ski Hannafin returns to Walter Park for the first time. As an opposition manager, that'd be very mm. interesting to say the least. On Wednesday, you've got Southwest Queensland Thunder hosting Lions and Mitchelton and FQQAS. So, do you actually think that Morton Bay Capalaba game is the most interesting of the four? I know the result might not suggest that, but the return of Ski Hannafin and a couple of the players to Morton Bay, there might be a bit of a point to prove, perhaps. Yeah, I think, I think, um, yeah, from a subplot angle and you now sort of more off the pitch, I think that'd be very interesting to see how uh, Ski Hannafin and a few of those players will be sort of, you know, welcomed. But, um, but yeah, look, I think for Kapalbar as well, beyond that subplot, the chance to go top, even if it is for uh, 24 hours before uh, Lions make the trip up the range, um, I think that I think at least will be some confidence that they, that they can do it because um, they're, they're like Kapalbar expected to win. There's no doubt about that. No, I think anything less than you know winning by six at the moment might be you know disappointing in their eyes, with all due respect to Morton Bay. But um, yeah, no, I think also as well that might be the one thing as well that we start looking at as far as that top four goes will be goal difference. So if if Kapalbar can you know put a couple of goals there. Just look at the table. They're a fair way behind um, their three rivals at the moment. So, it's in terms of goal difference, that could be all crucial. So, I wouldn't be, I would not be surprised they come out and, and look to put a score on Morton Bay, not to rub it in, but I think more so for their own uh, prospects. Yeah, you've got to look after your own. So, hopefully, Morton Bay mm. can lift it to the rise of the occasion. We'll move now to the results in the FQPL this week. And Adam, Friday night, Wynnum Wolves had a 3 1 win at home against Ipswich Knights. Four games on Saturday, South United won, Holland Park won. Mitchelton won two by two goals nil on the road against South Side Eagles. Rosedale Rovers six, Sunshine Coast nil, and then probably the again another shock result for the weekend. Or maybe not given the form Western Pride has shown lately, they knocked off Southwest Queensland Thunder by six goals to one. So again, that that's that's where we'll start, and that's a massive result there out of Briggs Road on Saturday night for Western Pride. It is, um, and it was only just uh, this time last Sunday was just, uh, sort of I know myself personally was almost crowning you know Southwest Queensland uh, the you know, the premiers and, and to be promoted up to um, up up to the MPL a result like that and all of a sudden it's thinking wow you know Western Pride I, I think they're starting to put it together and um, look that, that's a, that's a big result for them and I think they'll, they'll launch off that. Equally so, Rochdale as well. Um, I know it's against Sunshine Coast, but still uh, six six nil there. Um, I know this is a 
Interesting name that's on that score sheet. One Graham Fife seems to be back at Rochdale. So he he will, even at his age, I think he still will add to Rochdale. So I think um I think they um so I'm just gonna bring up the ladder. He has got that great experience, hasn't he, Graham Fife? Obviously we know him from his days at Redlands United. You know, I think he played at Rochdale last year. So if he yeah. will make a massive impact out there at Underwood Park. Yeah, I think I think promotion I think might be a bit bit beyond uh, Rochdale, but certainly for finals, uh, I think Mitchelson got to be careful here because uh, I think Western Pride and Rochdale are coming, and I think even Ipswich Knights, I think they're still they're still probably there and abouts. Interesting thing is a little bit Mitchelson just briefly. They did score their two goals in the 88th and the 93rd minute, and Mustafa Jafari, who did score that second goal in the 93rd minute, if I look at the Sports TG, he came on in the 93rd minute. So you talk about an impact sub. So that's exactly what you would have hoped for. <laughs> Out there, but yes. back to back to Southwest Queensland Thunder for a moment. It's just one of those days. Do you think, or oh, is this a bit of a reason to panic if you're up there on the range? Uh, I'd like to think that it's it's just a blip. But then again, um, losing six one is never a good thing. Um, if you if they had got beaten in the you know ninetieth minute, or you know they they leading and you know say for example a bit like Lions, you know where they control the first half and then you know sort of. Yeah, you know, fell apart, and yeah, you know, well, not even fell apart, but even so, considered two late goals. Um, you're saying it's a worry, but yeah, they're losing six-one um, against Western Pride. I think that's that might be alarm bells. Um, I don't, I don't know what the squad didn't sort of look research it that closely about who did play, who didn't play, whether there was any sort of um, you know major outs or all that. But um, look, Logan, all of a sudden they come back into it. They they're on, they were sitting on the bye this week, and. Um, I think that's a result that they would be very, very pleased with because they're now only sitting at a four, at a four point disadvantage with a, with a game in hand, and uh, they will meet Southwest Queensland Thunder in a few weeks' time. Absolutely, we mentioned earlier it was a great weekend for Peninsula Power with the sides around them dropping points. It's a great weekend for Logan for the exact same reasons. We look at the table: Southwest Queensland Thunder they do still lead with 28 points from 12 games. To your point, Logan are four points behind with a game in hand, so they're on 24 points from 11 games. Mitchelson are sneaking up quietly as well. They mm. are on 22 points with a game in hand on Southwest Queensland Thunder, so they too might start to push up. Then you've got Western Pride on 21 points from 12 games. Roadstyle Rovers, they're in, on, in fifth on 18 points, and you've got Hipswich Knights on 17. Wynnum Wolves, who've picked up a lot of form since lockdown, they've got up to fifth, 16 points. Holland Parker in eighth on 11, and you've got Sunshine Coast Fire, South South Eagles and South United tailing out the table in the FQPL. But I think, to your point, that race for the top four, that last final spot between Western Pride, Rochdale, and even Ipswich Knights could be fascinating. And we also maybe shouldn't rule out Wynnum Wolves if they're based on their form post-lockdown either. Yeah, no, they've also seen... Yeah, because they, they were bottom. Um, I think at the start, from after return from lockdown, they've all of a sudden, they've, they're pushed right. Without which a is, Yeah. So... Um, Look, all of a sudden, uh, they, they, even they're sort of, you know, at the, as far as you're right, as far as top four goes, um, they're also a threat. But there was, when we we're looking at the schedules, uh, like the, the fixture lists, and there is a game, the last game of the season uh, features Logan Lightning going to Terrellba Park versus Mitchelton. And if Southwest Queensland Thunder do falter more, that could be potentially a big, big game in terms of promotion as well as, as top spot. So, look, we're not riding off Southeast Queensland Thunder yet, but that's a that's a game that you know, potentially could be for all the marbles come the final day of the season. It is literally the last game of the FQPL season. So, look, there's drama, there's drama plenty, you know, across all three leagues at the moment. Um, and look, and as a, as a fan and, you know, covering, you know, local leagues, 
it could not be better at the moment. It is good, and that would actually be a bit of deja vu for Logan, who last season played Capalabar in the very final game of the season, needing to win down there at Capalabar, and unfortunately they did not. Capalabar mm. went up. Logan found themselves back in the FQPL this year. Maybe they might avoid that same fate this year. We'll have to wait and see. There is a full round of four games out of five this weekend, this midweek, I beg your pardon, in the FQPL. South host Southside Eagles on Tuesday, along with Mitchelson and Western Pride. That'll be a, a mm. fascinating race. The winner of that game, if there is a winner, could move themselves into that promotion race. Then you've got two games on Wednesday, Ipswich Knights hosting Logan. Rochdale Rovers, they host Wynnum Wolves. So that's an interesting set of fixtures, isn't it? I do think that game on Tuesday between Mitchelson and Western Pride is an absolutely massive one in the context of the season. It is. You're right. And as you just said, um, a Western Pride win puts them back into that promotion hunt with um, with Southwest Queensland Thunder. I think their game uh, is in... In, I think it's in later October, so they're, they're going to be idle for a while. So, yeah, even with some pride, you know, a win on the road on um, on Tuesday night, and all of a sudden they're in it, and perhaps maybe um, sort of you know stifle Mitchelton's hope. So, yeah, look, even midweek, there's some big games, and even uh, Rochdale and Wolves, the two traditional rivals, as well, uh, a Rochdale win, and that puts them sort of you know right at the cusp as well. So. Look, there's plenty of football at the moment, especially in these midweek rounds, and with plenty at stake. There's plenty of midweek rounds as well coming up in all three leagues, and it'll be very interesting to see what the table looks like at the end of this weekend coming with two rounds in FQPL and MPLW, along with the, including the weekend. See how that all shapes up on the show next week. Adam, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks, Scott. Thanks to all the listeners. We'll talk to you next week.